Pickle Rick! <laughs> Santa edition. <laughs> <laughs> The podcast that sucks at uploading. Truth. (laughs) (laughs) We know we suck at it, though. Yeah, we do. We understand that we suck at it. So our current goal is to try to record a shit ton of shit. (laughs) We have goals so that we can upload more often. We're working on it. We've had a lot of stuff go on lately. A ton of stuff. Like working. School. It's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. (laughs) It's literally what I was thinking when I said it. But yeah. What have you been doing? Doing anything exciting? Uh, Brennan and I went um, up north skiing. Oh, that's fun. Over the weekend. Um, And it was my first time skiing in like 15 fucking years. (laughs) Oh, and I only fell like four times over the weekend. I'm proud of you. I know, me too. That's not and bad. two of them was on a black diamond because I blindly followed my boyfriend into one of the hardest runs on the hill. <laughs> Good job, Brendan. And his Well, okay, so the funny the story about this is, right? So I was following him and I realized it was a black diamond, so I stopped at the, like pretty much at the top of where it is a black diamond and I was trying to figure out how I was going to turn around to get to an easier run. Right. But I'm already sort of partially way down the hill. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, like, we were skiing with his dad, and his dad, like, skis up to me, and he goes, just do it. And I go, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think so. And he goes, <laughs> come on, it can't be that bad. And I'm like, okay, sure. So, I decided to start going down it, and it was steep as fuck. And I was just like, nope, I am nope not comfortable enough and i threatened to walk down the hill after i fell and his dad's like no no you're not walking down this hill and i'm like try me he goes he goes if you walk down this hill i'm leaving (laughs) so pretty much i was just like okay so he helped me like he was really nice because brendan just like pretty much went straight down the fucking hill (laughs) didn't wait for you no brendan and so, like, his dad helped me put my ski back on because it kept falling off. And, like, we slowly made our way down the hill. <laughs> and then after that whole incident, on the way up the chairlift after that, there was uh, a person who clearly made the same mistake I did. Oh, oops. But had to get rescued by ski patrol. And so I made the joke. I was like, well, at least I didn't have to get rescued by ski patrol. <laughs> like, <laughs> I pretty much made the comment, like, when we were eating. Um lunch is like i know i'm mediocre at skiing and snowboarding and i'm perfectly okay with being mediocre at skiing and snowboarding and i don't need a black diamond run to prove that i'm mediocre at skiing and snowboarding that's fair so that sounds fun though it was it was a lot of fun i've never gone skiing or snowboarding but i also hate the cold and the snow and snowy things it's not that bad it's terrible okay snow is terrible all right i live in michigan Yes, yeah, I live here too. I hate it. You gotta take advantage of the seasonal depression of the winter and go out and do things. Um, my seasonal depression doesn't let me do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No. Okay. So what I did recently, my job does contests a lot. <laughs> Are you talking about what I think you're talking about? My bear? Yes. Yeah. So they do all sorts of contests. Like they've done one that's like, who makes the best Thanksgiving sides? And there was like a winner for like savory and sweet. And then there was one that was like, who makes the best... I don't know. For some reason, a lot of the time, it's food. They have a cookie contest coming up. They also have a gingerbread house contest right now. I'm going to show you a picture of the best one. It's so cool. And then they Do have... you, like, make a fucking gingerbread house at home, and you have to make sure you it doesn't fall apart on the drive there? Yeah, but they give you, like, the gingerbread base. Oh, they do? Yeah. I feel like there's so much cheating. Like, everyone gets the same base, so it's all pretty much the same house, or, like... Yeah, but you have to make it cooler. Like, you're required to use all of the pieces of the gingerbread house, but you have to make it cooler. Okay. Can we talk about how I saw a small child put together a gingerbread house on the <laughs> internet, and I thought, wow, that's really good, and me, as an adult, could not do that well? Are you ready to see this gingerbread house? Yes, I'll tell I you am. more about my bear in a second. But, like, I saw this gingerbread house today... It's the next, like, it's all the last pictures of my phone. Just, oh my god, it's so cool. Oh my god, that's so cute. So it's like a Stranger Things-themed gingerbread house. Yeah. And it's so good. It's in the upside down. Oh my god, they put the little light things on one side of the house. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. I was looking at it and I was in so much amazement. Is I was this like, the winner? They haven't done the voting for it yet. The voting starts, I think, on like the 13th. But people are bringing in their stuff already. Yeah. So I saw that, though, and I was like, this is the coolest gingerbread house. Whoever did this has to win because it's so good. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I saw that one and I was like, this is cool. I immediately took pictures and sent them to a bunch of people. Yeah. So bear. Yeah. So my bear. So my work's also doing a contest where you dress up a bear in, like decorate it really glad you put a mustache on it i needed to so i made teddy mercury as i've been affectionately calling him and i just love him oh you made a microphone stand for him and everything stand i do love him too and when i was over your house and you were showing me him I was just like, I can't believe you made this at your sewing class for one. (laughs) Okay, well, she gave me an extra class, and she didn't even charge me. And I was like, well, I feel bad about that, but I accidentally left $10 here somewhere. I lost it, but you can have it. (laughs) And I liked it, like, so... I'm assuming you're going to probably post this up on oh, the I can social post video. It. Yeah. Yeah, so she did a really good job with the straps that come, like, one of Freddie Mercury's iconic jackets, you know, with the straps that come across his chest, and she, like, put little baby buckles on it. I had the freaking hardest time finding something to use as buckles. Finally, I went to, like, the jewelry section at Joanne's, and they had these just, like, little square things. I'm like, this works. This is working. Yeah, it's very cute. And she put a mustache on it and it's holding a microphone. I love him. He's great. So there's... Did you win? They haven't done the voting, so we find out who wins on the 22nd. But, like, I started... People started bringing in their bears. And, like, I don't know. I think I got a shot. I think you got a shot, too. Because this literally... Okay. Everything else is festive. Everything else is festive. Um, I wish you could put Fred or Teddy Mercury, like, on your tag. 
I know I wanted to. But like this person literally looks like they went to build a bear workshop. Oh, I know. Got their bear. And actually, did they give you the bears? They gave us a bear. Because they're all the same bears. Yeah. They got their outfit and then bedazzled it like a wedding dress. Okay, there's one more, though, that might... I I do like the one with the wig and the hat, though. (laughs) There's another one that might have a chance, too, because it was really funny. So that's not in this picture because there was a small section that I couldn't fit in this picture. But it'll be the one affectionately to the right, as you see. (laughs) So it's literally like a canvas. And they made like a little fake fireplace and put a Barbie and made a whole scene out of it and made the bear a bearskin rug. And it's so funny. This this might take the cake. I know that one might win. And I'm not even mad about it. I wouldn't be mad about it. I love mine so much like i think he would i think he has a good shot at like maybe coming in second yeah but that one was so good like i'm not even mad about it it's so funny (laughs) yeah so i brought him in today at work because i'm not going to be there for six days because i have six days off yeah so i was like i gotta get him in because they the voting starts when i won't be there so yeah yeah that was really fun i had a really good time making it devin helped me make a microphone stand last night at like 10 o'clock at night yeah yeah so I guess it was, like, fine that we didn't record. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I ended up not being too terribly upset because I was like, yeah, I've got my story. I just have to, like, finish up a couple things, but I didn't get a chance to because I was going to do it at work. And then I ended up eating lunch with someone and then uh, changed my entire story. You changed the entire story? Yep. Yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So, like, when we didn't record, I'm like, I hate this story. And I did <laughs> a totally new one. I never give myself the opportunity to hate a story before we record. It's like, a, well, this is it and let's go. <laughs> I just, like, wasn't happy with it because it didn't flow well. There's no Devin to flip our ceremonial coin. All right. Here we go. Ugh. Oh, it's me. It's you? Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to. Chime into it. <laughs> we haven't chimed in so long. I know, because we haven't recorded in so long. Well, we're gonna get better. We're gonna we're trying. That's my New Year's resolution for us to get better. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? It's a Queen song. Yeah, I I I knew it was a song, and I just couldn't I couldn't pick it up. I'm sorry. It's another one. Bites the dust. And another one gone. Okay. <laughs> so, we are in South Dakota. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing the Bullock, hopefully I pronounced that right, the Bullock Hotel in South Dakota, in Deadwood, South Dakota. Okay. The Bullock Hotel. Yes. Bullock. Like Sandra like, Bullock? Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming. How do you spell Sandra Bullock? I think it's B-U-L-L-O-C-K. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go with Bullock. Do you think he's related to Sandra Bullock? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she's the ghost. (laughs) So, in 1876, Deadwood, South Dakota discovered gold. Ooh, gold. So this pretty much turned the town into a hell-roaring camp. Hell-roaring. Making it pretty much like a complete Western movie. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Saloons. Yeah. Uh, brothels. Yes. Uh, that guy that has his own shop that just makes coffins. Probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, general stores. Definitely. Definitely a tumbleweed or two. So many tumbleweeds. And duh, there's definitely horses. So many horses. Okay. We've set the scene. Okay. <laughs> it's See. also hot. It's so hot. <laughs> Actually, well, is it? Is it's it hot, hot and dry. I don't know. Western is it hot in South Dakota? Western seem hot and dry, so we're going yeah. with it was hot and dry. All right. It was hot and dry on a Western <laughs> movie set. <laughs> and there was no sheriff to be seen in town. Oh, no. Until the day. The day? The day when a ruffian Jack McCall became a hitman and shot Wild Bill Hitchcock in the back of the head. Oh. Wild Bill was playing cards at a gambling table when this happened. Do you think there was like some jivey music in the background? That went whoop. Yeah. <laughs> when he got shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was like little uh, girls dancing on the stage. And then they all of a sudden shriek and then all run chaotically everywhere. Up the stairs to yes. their brothel rooms. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so come to find out, it was pretty much for no reason. Uh, because the day before, Wild Bill was playing, playing cards again and someone had left the game. And so drunk Jack McCall... Decided to join the game and proceeded to blow all of his fucking money. So that was his fault. Yeah, his fault. So he lost all his money. Yeah. He got mad. Because Wild Bill pretty much won all the hands and took his money. And then killed him. Yes. So here's one more thing. Wild Bill actually gave him, like, when he lost all his money, he gave him money for breakfast and told him to leave the game until he could play with his own money. So he's like, here's some of your money back, you know. Get yourself some breakfast. Go, go sleep it what off. A nice man. Right? Sleep it off. There's go a brothel sleep it off upstairs. Go whore. Yeah. Prostitute. Sex worker. That's it. That's probably yeah. the best, best one. The most PC way to say that. I couldn't remember what that was. Yep. For a second. I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So he gave him money. Yeah. He did the nice thing. Yeah. He seemed like a decent guy. Kind of probably picturing, picturing him as kind of like a grandpa. Okay. Just like kind of nice and jolly. Kind of like Santa. I, I don't think this is Santa Claus. But more of Western setting Santa. But I guess since it's December, we can go with Santa. I like a Western Santa. Okay. Cowboy Santa. Cowboy Santa. Ooh, someone draw Cowboy Santa. Ooh, Cowboy Santa would be great. <laughs> does he, like, ride a horse? Or does he still have a sleigh? No, he has, he has a stagecoach with nine horses. horses. Oh, that's such a good idea. Oh, my gosh. He wears a cowboy hat. But Definitely. it's red. With white trim. Oh, yeah. Sort of like Jesse from Toy Story. Yeah, that's definitely his hat. I think he wears definitely, like, a flannel shirt, but he might have, like, a nice, like, red coat. Like, a fancier, like, western yeah. coat. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And suspenders. Yeah. I wish I wish people would draw our, our ideas. <laughs> I really do. Devin. I, Devin, draw our ideas. De- Devin. De- Devin, why aren't you answering? Devin, where are you? <laughs> Yeah, so he was offended, right? And shot him. Okay. So he was offended that he gave him money? Or was he offended that he took his money? Because it was his own fault he lost his money. I think he was offended like, I'm my own damn man and I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can lose all the money if I need to. Okay, so he just didn't like the charity. Nope. Doesn't want your charity. Yep. He's a strong, independent 
I definitely just thought Woman. you said he'll eat you. Nope. <laughs> Don't eat your friends. Don't eat your friends. Maybe he was a Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where um, Zeth Bullock comes in. Okay, Zeth? Yes, Zeth. That's a fun name. I know, right? So he... <laughs> I like it better than, like, Seth. It's, like, fancier. So Zeth. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Digging oh. it. All right. Can, can I continue? I guess. Okay. <laughs> so, Zeth was also, a, a, this is my words, a rootin' tootin' cowboy of the Wild West of Deadwood. <laughs> but he was also an experienced businessman, an outstanding mem- member of the town, and a lawman. Oh, so he was going to be a sheriff? Yeah, he was definitely appointed sheriff in only his second day in the town. Wow. Yep. They were like, um, we need help. Yep. We need help. Uh, you. You're a law person. Fix this. <laughs> so, his first act of sheriff was to deputize a team of fearless men who could take care of troublemakers around town. So, pretty much the start of any Western movie. So, pretty much like, what is it, The Magnificent Seven? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> was Chris Pratt involved? Well, let's hope so. Oh, I always hope so. Yeah. So, Zeth Bullock was described as a tall, steely-eyed man with the principal and high character with an imposing appearance that could command instant respect. Okay. I'm picturing him as a kind of tall, muscular dude. Yeah. With kind of stern. Yeah. But, but a, like, with soft some, side. With some scruffle. Yeah. Yeah. But he's definitely got, like, a soft side that he doesn't yeah. want you to see because he wants your respect. Well, you want to know what that soft side is that I didn't put in this story? Yes. Uh, his soft side was that him and his wife and kid moved to that town, and pretty much when he realized how awful of a town it was, he sent his wife and child to Michigan until the town was resolved. Oh, to a better, happier place All to raise way a to child. Michigan. All the way to Michigan. All the way to here. I wonder where, where they went. Instead of hot and dry, they were cold and wet. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and it said that he had piercing gray eyes, that his gaze could stop fights. Ooh. People knew that he was a man of action and wouldn't hesitate to uphold the law and haul offenders to jail. And so Zeth did a lot of shit before this time. Like bad shit? No, like good shit. Okay, good shit. So we're going to run down a list of his accomplishments real quick. Okay. But it's not real quick because I thought this would be real quick when I wrote that statement and then it wasn't. Okay, then just like fast forward this part of your talking when you edit it. Okay. So it sounds real quick. Okay. So at the age of 18, he left his home and went to Montana, where he was elected the Republican senator of the Territorial Senate of Montana. At 18? At 18. Wow. Zeth introduced a resolution requesting the United States to establish the Yellowstone National Park. He was elected sheriff of a Montana territory. He became an auctioneer and a commission merchant. You have to talk really fast to be an auctioneer. I know, right? You must be really good at that, right? He started a partnership in a hardware business store, a chief engineer of Helena, Montana's fire department. Wow. And so this brings us to where he comes to Deadwood. He established Thoroughbred Horse Ranch, had his hand in the mining and politics of it, served his community as Deputy U.S. Marshal. He was friends with Teddy Roosevelt. And when Teddy was elected vice president, Teddy appointed him as a good friend and the first supervisor of the Black Hills Reserve. Okay. He was the first person to uh, plant alfalfa in South Dakota, which apparently is a huge thing now. That's very impressive. Uh, He founded a town called Belle Forche. 
Sure. sure. He established the largest livestock shipping point in the U.S. and persuaded railroads to build along a stagecoach route. He joined the cavalry during the Spanish-American War and became Captain Bullock. Wow. The town experienced large fire and from the ashes rose his high-end hotel. So now we're finally to where... Our hotel. Our hotel. Well, that was a fun history. Right? I liked the western part of it. Yeah. I liked Cowboy Santa. Yeah. And I liked his amazing list of accomplishments. Yeah. I feel like I just saw a quick glimpse of his life go by. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so it, it will make more sense later to tell you the kind of person that he was. Right. Because of the kind of hauntings that occur. Okay. So it'll it'll make sense. Yeah, I I'm, I believe you. I trust you. All right. So in 1895, he built an upscale hotel. Um, it cost forty thousand dollars at the time and would equate to one point two million dollars today. Jeez. You know I love our conversion. I know. Me too. <laughs> so it was built in an Italianate and Victorian style with three stories and a tin roof. It had pink and white sandstone as the facade. Adorable. I know, right? I love a pink sandstone. And, and white. And white, I guess. I guess so. Pink scooter. <laughs> <laughs> and it had 63 steam-heated rooms on the second and third floor. Wow. So was he alive during the hotel built yes. building? Okay. Yes. So he pretty much ran this hotel. Like okay. Crazy. So... Besides uh, the luxury guest rooms, the upstairs also had a library and a parlor. The first floor had restaurants, which could seat up to 100 guests. Nice. And serving the most bougie of all foods, lobster and pheasant. Yum. That is bougie. (laughs) I know. I love lobster. I actually don't know if I've had lobster, but I love crab legs. So, and it also had a building adjoining the hotel. That was known as a gentleman's club, which was mainly used for poker. Okay. Quote unquote poker. And there was talk of uh, women hanging out in there. In the gentleman's club. In the gentleman's club. Scandals. It was so it was not a part of the hotel, but it brought a wide range of people through the hotel because of the proximity. Okay. Furnishings in the downstairs area were back to the hotel. Was a red velvet carpeting, brass chandeliers, fine oak, fir wood trim, and a glorious Steinway grand piano. Sounds fancy. Yeah, it was it was bougie as shit. Yeah. Sounds really nice. Yeah, extra. Sounds like I'd never be able to afford to stay at that hotel. Yeah. So, the upstairs guest rooms had iron and brass beds and other furniture made of oak. And... The hotel tended to keep up with the times with constantly renovating to provide the most upscale service. Well, that's that's probably a good business tactic. Yeah, definitely. Because we've heard of hotels in the past that have not really updated and started to like lose business. Yeah. So, but by 1976, the hotel was again in need of a facelift. So the current owner decided to sell the hotel and auction off all of the furniture. Oh, just auction it off? Yep. Okay. Be like, here's some fancy shit. Here you go. Auctioning it off. Five dollars for this bearskin rug. Oh, I want it. I, cheap... I pay five dollars for a bearskin rug. It's a cheap bearskin rug. It's probably fake. It's probably also not well preserved. There's probably... 
people have done ludax on it. I was about to say there's probably sex juices on it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I went more nice with it. Nope, I can't. Apparently, you can't go nice nope. on a bearskin rug. <laughs> <laughs> Bearskin rug. Yeah, so they auctioned off the bearskin rug, and the plan was in the works to buy it as a historical building and revitalize it for the local economy. Okay. And so by doing so, the population didn't quite keep up with them trying to revitalize the local economy. So, like, the town died? Yeah, so I was about to say, you could say business was dying in Deadwood. (laughs) So, in effort to resurrect tourism, oh my god! <laughs> I literally wrote these puns in here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know if I should be like proud. You should be so. proud I feel of me. proud. Okay, I good. don't feel ashamed. I feel proud. The people of South Dakota voted for uh, slot machine gambling. Oh, that's fun. So, with the proceeds going to restore the old buildings. Okay. So now the first floor lobby is full of a wide variety of slot machines, with the exception of the Gentleman's Bar, Bully's Restaurant, and the Cellar Room. That sounds fun. I like a good slot machine. Yeah. So the hotel continued to be an upscale place throughout the years, and today the hotel remains the most upscale hotel in the area, with all of the same stuff that used to be pretty much fine dining and gambling and shit. So it's like similar to what it was. Yeah. And fancy. Okay. But now they're slot machines. Yes. The upper floor guest rooms have, they pretty much tried to keep the same charm and feel, but they made the 63 rooms, 28 rooms, so that they could be bigger, and offering a unique and charming shapes and angles to the delight of the guests. Charming shapes and angles? I, I feel like they, like, cut the 63 rooms really awkwardly. I was going to say, what did they do? Like, be like, this is our square room. This is our triangle room. I think a triangle room would be really fucking weird. It would be really small. Yeah. Like, you'd open the door. This is our rhombus room. (laughs) I like their charming shapes and angles, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think angles, though, sounds like they could just have been like, "Mm, there was something here that I didn't feel like fixing, so I'm just going to kind of plaster a wall and make a weird angle. Pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. They could be cutting corners. No one knows. Literally. By taking off corners. You think they make an octagon room? Oh, my God. (laughs) Let the battles begin. (laughs) (laughs) So the hotel began experiencing paranormal activity in 1989. Okay. The hotel even has a guest book of those who have stayed in the hotel's experiences. That's always fun. So one of clearly the main paranormal people is Captain Zeth Bullock. Is this most common? Most common. Okay. So when the hotel was reopened and restored, you could tell that like he was thrilled with the renovations. But he was definitely not happy about the slot machines set up in the lobby. Oh, he didn't like the slot machines. No. They were not, they were too newfangled. They weren't classy enough. Too newfangled. Yeah. So, in the lobby area, it causes people to feel like they're being watched. In 1990, a man was sent to set up another, a new slot machine on the first floor and spent the night in the hotel. In the middle of the night, he was shaken awake by a very angry presence who appeared as a rattlesnake. Oh, no. Yeah. 
He left the hotel and refused to stay there any further. That's really sticking to your roots, though. If you're a ghost from the West and you change into a rattlesnake. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) So, a female teller who worked there was sitting in the gambling checking cage located in the lobby, turned away for just a moment, and when she turned back, her drink that was sitting on the desk was thrown at her and it crashed on the floor. Rude. What was she drinking? Let's set the scene. Martini. A Manhattan. Okay. Come on. This is like Wild Western. Okay. So, like, let's bring it up. Some whiskey. Okay, whiskey. Whiskey. Or do you think that, like, maybe... Well, maybe maybe she was working, so maybe she wasn't drinking. But, like, maybe she was drinking something that he wouldn't think is Western enough. So, like, a sex on the beach. Yeah, he's like, we don't have beaches. This place is hot and dry, not (laughs) cold and wet. And then you're like, excuse me, Mr. Captain Zeth Bullock, you know how much alcohol is in here? <laughs> Same with this Long Island. There ain't no lo- a lo- <laughs> islands. Long Island. Well, there's no Long Islands here. <laughs> yep, there's no Long Islands there. So, Zeth Bullock ended up, he did die in the hotel in 1919. Okay. In room 211. Oh, was that his room? Probably. Um, Photos in that room have been shown anomalies after they have been developed. One photo shows a white vaporous form floating over the bed. Creepy. The he has been seen in a solid form walking the halls on the second and third floor. Okay. And there is a strong presence felt in some of the rooms and in the hallways. I like that when you said strong presence, you really like flexed and gave me a good muscle of strong Strong. so i knew it was strong yeah someone was awakened by a cold air and sensed the strong like brooding presence at the foot of the bed and he did not want to check to see what it was so i'm assuming he was just pretending to be asleep under the covers i assume that's what he did like he's like oh i'm cold Covers entire body with blanket, even head not looking, tucked in everything. Yep. Put your feet under the blanket. You can't make sure you can't grab a toe. Sides in. Yeah, you got to burrito yourself. Burrito. Burrito yourself. You know, little known fact: ghosts can't penetrate burritos (laughs) (laughs) from Chipotle or in your bed. And so the coldness went away in about 10 minutes, but he literally sat there for 10 minutes, like, freaking the fuck out. In his little burrito? In his little burrito. I would, too. (laughs) I would cry afterwards, too. Guests have heard a friendly male voice call their name with no one in the room. Oh, that's friendly. There has been uh, notes of footsteps and whistling. Uh, A lost boy in the hotel was trying to find his parents' room. When an entity of Captain Death Bullock appeared and gently led him to his room without scaring the child. Wow. Was the child scared shitless when it got back to his room? No, I think his parents were from the story I was reading. Okay. They're like, how? he's like, I was lost and this man, this cowboy brought yeah. me here. Yeah. And they're like, cowboy? There's a cowboy ghost? There's a stake in my boot. Ooh, it's Woody. It is Woody. Okay. Maybe. Maybe he was just like, it was Woody. Woody from, that, one from movie. that movie came and he took me to our room. Yeah, he was so nice. And they look around and there's no cowboys. There's no one in the hallway. it's not the Wild West anymore. Nope. 
And then there's a snake in their boot. Yeah. <laughs> he still likes to act like an employee manager. Oh, that's fun. Because when he was alive, he expected his employees to put in a good day's work. So employees will feel pressured when they believe he thinks they're being lazy. Okay. Don't check your phone, Barbara. Pretty much. So when employees stand around doing nothing, sing a tune or hum, plates and glasses will shake and fly across the restaurant, sometimes crashing to the ground in front of the employees. It's kind of violent. Kitchen appliances lights will turn off and on. And it's pretty much the captain being like, stop being a lazy piece of shit and clean up this mess I just made. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I wrote, he really must hate millennials and their cell phones now. Oh, I'm sure. Because they're like, well, no one's looking. Let me just, like, text. Do you think he, like, throws their phones across the room? Let me send a quick Snapchat. Ooh. What if you get the Snapchat filter with a friend and his little ghostie came up? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So it's, like, you and a ghostie with bunny ears on? (laughs) (laughs) He would probably be pissed about that. I feel like he wouldn't like that. No, he definitely would. serious cowboy man. He is serious cowboy man. Give him a a cowboy hat filter. Come on. So his presence is all presence is also felt in the hotel's restaurant. Judging the food, per, judging everyone from what it sounds like. Okay, items in the kitchen and restaurant have been moved to other locations, and people believe it's where Zeth believes things belong. Okay, he doesn't like your fork there. Yeah, no, fork- like why are you putting the forks here? No, like this is clearly a better way and more efficiently to put the forks here. So, like after a certain point in time. Would you just start listening to the ghost being like, yeah, ghost, I think that is more efficient. I mean, I might, because then what if I put them there and then he doesn't move them anymore? Then I don't have to find all the fucking forks in my restaurant. Yeah. Because, like, people got to eat. What do I got to give them? A knife? Here, eat your salmon with a knife. Stab. Stab. (laughs) (laughs) I guess people couldn't really see that. I was stabbing the salmon salmon and then stabbing my face. With the salmon and the knife. Not like your face, but like stabbing it into your mouth. Staff members have heard their names be called. They've also witnessed several bar stools moved by themselves. Okay. And there's even occurrences with the cleaning staff. So in 305, there is a uh, broken clock in the room and will chime sometimes when maids enter the room to clean. It's broken, but when they come in, he's like... Ding. I see you. Ding, ding. You better clean this room right, bitch. I'm going to watch you do it, too, and I'm going to whip your phone at your face if you don't. Yes. So, cleaning carts have been moved. Because he doesn't like where they are. Yeah. He goes, why did you put this literally in front of this other person's door? That's rude. Yeah. Put it, like, a little bit in the hallway. Make sure it's up against a wall. Gosh. Yeah. He's just trying to be considerate to his guests. Yeah. The shower has been turned on on a maid cleaning the shower. He thought she smelled. (laughs) Best response I've got. She smelled ripe that day. Yeah. And so pretty much that is all of the shenanigans that Zeth supposedly does. So he's just kind of like, this is my hotel still. Do my shit the way I want you to. But I'm also going to have a good time. Yeah. So, there's a lot of other ghosties in the hotel that definitely have a good time. Ooh, they're party ghosts. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe not this one. 
So there's a young girl who seems to be around the age of 12 or 10. Okay. Seen in the hotel. She has been seen in the cellar area where victims of the epidemics like smallpox, typhoid, and typhoid were quarantined. Oh, good. Toilet paper unrolls itself in guest bathrooms. It would. It would do that. Uh, lights and showers have been known to turn themselves on and off. Do you think she's just trying to, like, get the guests to make themselves look like mummies with the toilet paper rolls? Maybe. Like, she's just like, here's a bunch of toilet paper. It's not on the roll anymore, so I guess you gotta wrap it around your whole body. Yeah, come on, play with me. Yeah, just she's just trying to have a good time. Yeah. So, psychics, psychics have been in the hotel, and they have claimed there is up to 37 separate entities Oh wow! in the hotel. That's a lot. Causing a Wild West ruckus. Oh my god, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I want, is the yeah. Wild West. So, guests' personal belongings have also been moved around the room and found in odd places. Electrical items in rooms have been turned on and off, even when unplugged. Okay. And out of the corner of your eye, you can sometimes see darting shadows making a person feel like they're being followed. That doesn't feel good to me. Yep. And so, ending on that note, they hold ghost tours <laughs> at the hotel. Oh, fun. And they have ghost hunting groups that spend the night every once in a while. And in 2015, our favorite show was there for their Halloween episode. Of course. Ghost Adventures. Mm. I still watch that all the time. I sometimes do. It depends on what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is the story of the Bullock Hotel. That was fun. I liked it very Western. Yeah. I like a good Western. Yeah. So you, you see why I explained Zeth's life. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. He just, like, you know, he helped the little boy because he was a sheriff and sheriffs help little boys find their parents. Not to have to <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> nothing i'm not gonna say anything i'm not saying anything all right for the rest of this podcast it's just gonna be 20 right. minutes of silence all right well i'll i'll edit in the 20 minutes of silence oh geez <laughs> okay it's kind of short this is kind of a short story a short story and i joined the technological age and instead of writing it all out in my notebook like normal i put it online and it's in a document. On the Google. On the Google. So I I'm don't like, know. how I do it. But I don't know how long to make my stories when I do this. We'll see. So probably too short, but let's roll with it. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to start. And I don't know if you'll know this one, but we can play kind of like the cryptid guessing game. Oh, okay. All right. You probably, I don't know if you'll know it because. Devin didn't know much about this one. If Devin doesn't know, I don't know. All right. Well then. Well then. So over the course of two days, in April 1977, four teenagers in the town of Dover, Massachusetts, witnessed a horrifying alien-like creature. But before they could find an explanation, the creature disappeared. Like, just poof? Just, just, just disappears. Okay. So... The, this is kind of like the first sighting, the first instance. Okay. So, at about 10.30 p.m. on the night of April 21st, 1977, 17-year-old Bill Bartlett 
was driving along Farm Street with his two friends, Mike Mazuka and Andy Brody. Okay, for a minute there, I was just like, all right, is this a real story? Bill Bartlett and Farm Road. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. That's a good point. So Bartlett saw a figure crouched on a broken stone wall when his like headlights lit up the creature because they were driving along. When his headlights lit up the creature, he saw something unlike he had ever seen before. Did it glow? Like a crystal ball? Yeah, the whole thing like was just disco? actually a giant crystal ball. It's a disco alien. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's a fun disco alien encrypted. Yeah. He just dances and his head's the crystal ball. <laughs> um, so Bartlett described the creature he saw as standing at about three to three and a half to four feet tall. Oh, that's pretty short. It had a large watermelon-shaped head. Oh, my God. It is perfect. It's a disco ball. <laughs> it's more like a disco oval. A disco oval. It still rotates, right? And then it has some subwoofers in its stomach. Okay. So you get the mm, 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 mm. And then you just dance with it. Yeah. Okay. It just needs a dancing partner. So. It wants to be a dancing queen. It did have two large round eyes that shone shone shined who knows the word like two orange marbles all right so like disco ball with two giant so sort of like like a dog okay yeah yeah like if you flash a dog in the face yeah i can see that greeny sometimes orange kind of thing yeah yeah i can see that like animal animalistic eye flash yeah okay i could see that yeah so Its oversized head was supported by a thin neck that led to an oblong torso, which sprouted long spindly limbs. Spindly limbs? Spindly limbs. So, like, okay. Spindly limbs. Yes. This is what I picture when I hear (laughs) spindly limbs. Think of, like, a Barbie doll. Okay, I'm thinking of a Barbie doll. Okay, where they have the, like, the the joints and then they completely rotate in a not joint manner do you remember the betty spaghettis no no oh let's pull up a picture let's okay. try to jog your memory of a betty spaghetti so they were like the 2000s doll and their arms were made out of like this moldable material that were just like tubes. Yeah, but like I think like it literally rotates in like so like in your shoulder like the rotator cuff, but not like how it normally rotates. Okay, you know, but like so like say like you know when your head like your head completely spins around. In okay, a but your arm you know does like a normal thing regularly. It just yeah. rotates constantly. Yeah, helicopter arms with a disco yeah. ball head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was humanoid with two arms and two legs unusually large hands and feet and the skin like the being's skin had an odd texture like wet sandpaper ew that sounds disgusting (laughs) doesn't it it was peach colored although it whitened somewhat at the extremities its skin was peach colored yes so sort of like i would describe well what kind of peach are we talking about? Like an orangey peach? Probably like a, a fleshy Yeah, because I was thinking peach. fleshy peach, like a us. Yeah. Because we're the cutest peaches around. Oh, you're a peach. Aw, oh, thanks. <laughs> D- 
Do you have any ideas of what we're talking about? I have no fucking clue. Okay, I figured you wouldn't. <laughs> but we'll get to it when I tell I've you. I've never heard of an orange alien before <laughs> with a disco ball head. I've got like two more sentences and then I'll and tell you what it is. spindly limbs. Bill's friends, Mike and Andy. Bill Bartlett. I didn't feel like saying their last names Bartle. again. Bart, they, Bart, Bart. <laughs> Sorry. They didn't witness the creature because it only lasted a few seconds before it, like, vanished, before it ran away. Did it run away or did it, like, it has, like, a type of camouflage where it just cloaks itself and then it's invisible? That's a good question because I'm not really sure because it, like, it was, like, a quick glance. Like, um, this says ran away. Okay. But... They both vouched for the genuine emotional reaction they witnessed in Bartlett that night as he drove away. So, like, they didn't see it, but he freaked the fuck out. Okay. So, this was the first sighting of the Dover Demon. The Dover Demon? The Dover Demon. Ooh, that sounds gross. Oh, well, the town is called Dover. <laughs> I guess it doesn't travel much. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Okay, so the next sighting occurred the next... Oh, no, the same night. So they're not calling it the Bartle... The Bartle demon? Nope. Because... The Bartle bitch? No, because the, it's like... <laughs> is his name Bartle? Bart... Bartlett? Bartlett? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, because, like, in the same night, there was another sighting of it. Oh, okay. Okay. So the next sighting occurred at about 12.30 a.m. 15-year-old John Baxter was leaving his girlfriend's house. Oh, he's not in the right mindset. He's leaving his girlfriend's house. He's leaving his girlfriend's house. This um, is the sexual episode. He's 15, leaving his girlfriend's house. What do you think he was doing? Exactly what I said he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's a 15-year-old boy being pubescent. So he walked about a mile along Miller Hill Road when he said he noticed a silhouetted figure approaching him on the side of the road. At first, it's only four feet tall, and it can't be that scary. Yeah, like, at first he thought it was a local boy who lived on the street. Oh. So, like, he thought it was someone he knew. With a giant fucking head. <laughs> Maybe a kid had a really fucking large head. Oh. Football head. Because, <laughs> like, so, like, if it's a watermelon-shaped head... Okay, what if it's Hey Arnold? What if it's Arnold? Oh. But, so, like, instead of, like, thinking up, like, we were thinking it's rotated sideways. So it's a sideways... Yeah. yeah. So it sort of looks like a football. It's His like Stewie Griffin, too. Like yeah. that shape. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So John called out to the shadowy figure, but received no response. When he was about like 15 feet apart from it, uh, he called out again and received no response. Hey, what are you? Like, hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Because he yeah. thinks he knows him at this point. Okay. So then... Um, he takes another step towards the figure and it scurried off the road. He chased it down the roadside, um, to an open field, but stopped when he saw it in the field being creepy. So he, um, okay, 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 okay. So if he thinks he knows whatever this is. And it runs away from him and never says a word. That's Are you still going shit. to chase it? I wouldn't personally. Neither would I. Personally, no. John is not in the right mindset. He just left Kathy's house, which I'm pretty sure was his girlfriend's name in an article. Don't quote me forever. 
So it had an oversized head and long spindly arms. This is how John described it. Like, very similar to the first sighting. It. Oh my gosh. So, like, do you think if it stood on one leg, it could rotate? Like Like a ballerina? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. But but its foot's not spinning, but its body is. (laughs) Just like it's rotating? Yeah. (laughs) So it. Uh, was standing this time. I guess in the, the first sighting, I think it was like crouched, right? So it's standing in this one. Okay, sorry. I came up with another thing about the ballerina. Okay. This is why it's a disco ball. It just stands on one leg and rotates. <laughs> <laughs> and then it like flashes like orange. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So it was using its long fingers to grasp the trunk of a tree that it was leaning on. It had weirdly long toes that contoured to the rock beneath its feet, seeming to look molded to the rocks. I'm having a really hard time trying to picture this right now. I'll show you some pictures in a little bit. Okay, good. Okay, so, like, its feet were, like, so contoured to the rocks, it looked like it was molded into the rocks. Okay. But, like, it had really long toes? Yeah. Really long toes. Ew. Its eyes were two lighter spots in the middle of its head. And um, he also described them as being orange, like an orangey color. Yeah. And they looked straight at John, who after a few minutes began to feel like really uneasy. He realized that he had never really seen a creature like this before. And it kind of started fearing what it might do next. So he quickly backed up the slope and quickly walked away. Everything I saw said he quickly walked away. It emphasized that he quickly walked away. He didn't run. He quickly walked. Mm-hmm. I would be running. I think he did run, but, like, when he was telling people about it, he, he wanted was trying to, to sound cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. He's only 15. Like, his reputation's on the line. Yeah. So, he was eventually picked up by a couple on the road um, that was drive- and driven home. He later said that the creature he saw that night reminded him of a monkey with a figure eight shaped head. What? <laughs> what? Like, a I figure, like it's a noodle? <laughs> like a noodle head that's shaped like an eight? I, I picture like, like an infinity sign for a head. Or is it, okay, okay, so let's go back to the Hey Arnold thing, right? Okay. And it's like a noodle head now instead of a watermelon, and then like the two gaps of the infinity are the eyes. Okay. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. So like noodle heads. N- noodle heads. Okay, so Hey Arnold Noodle. Hey, hey Noodle Arnold. I don't know. This is the third sighting. Are you prepared? No. Does it does it get weirder? Um this one is, is Does the these does the infinity noodle become undone and it like has like two eyes at the end of its oh, little noodles? Oh, that's cute. And then he's just got like two snakes as a head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the third sighting happened the next night on April 22nd. 15-year-old Abby Brabno Brabham? Brabham? Sure. Brabham. I don't know if that's right at all. Sure. She was being driven home by 18-year-old Will Tainter. she spotted the creature on springdale avenue abby described it similarly to bartlett and baxter so she does also described it as having a large oval shaped head again with long long spindly limbs 
She said that it was that the being was missing all of its facial features except for its eyes. Oh, so it's a pre- it's pretty much how I drew it. Look at Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, it's just eyes. And and a noodle head. She unlike the previous sightings. So this kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier with the dog's eyes, but she described it as having glowing bright green eyes. But like the other two boys have described it with orange eyes. So like really the only difference is like she saw it with green eyes, which could have just been a different reflection of like the light. Like an animal. Yeah. Yeah, like what we already So uh, Oh. Oh. Maybe this is what they're talking about. <laughs> so when I was just like I I was trying to I'm trying to really get a good idea of what a spindly leg looks like. Okay. These are spindle legs on a table. That they like they're they're spirally. Yeah, yeah, that could be it, right? It's sort of weirdly bulbous and where. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird, right? Yeah, yeah, I would be kind of concerned if I saw that. Yeah. Um, like your table was running at you. <laughs> it's just my table <laughs> with a little watermelon on top of it. <laughs> You know, it's the weirdest thing. It was just like an end table with a watermelon sitting on it with two reflectors as eyes. No one knew. That's really all it was the whole time. So she stuck by this claim, despite it being different than the previous sites, that it had green eyes. She was like, I know it had green eyes. Tanter also saw the being, her her probably boyfriend, Will, Oh, yeah? Were they doing naughty things? In the I mean, outside? he was driving her home, so. <laughs> um, he also caught a quick glimpse of it, but he described it as only having, like, he only saw, like, a large head with a tan body. And that it was something crouched by the side of the road. So he only saw it, in, like, in a quick passing because he was driving. Yeah. So the locations of the sightings, when plotted, lay in a straight line over two miles. All of the sightings were made near water. Um, Came out of the lake. It was Lake Monster. It so, was the Loch Ness Monster William, of Massachusetts. William, John, and Abby all drew similar sketches of the creature. And on William's sketch, well, Bill, Bill Bartlett's, sorry. Obviously, that one was a copy-paste. Yeah. So, on Bill's sketch, he wrote, I, Bill Bartlett, swear on the stacks of Bibles or on a stack of Bibles, that I saw this creature. So are you ready for the pictures? Are you ready for my picture? Yes. Okay. Show me your picture first. Beautiful. <laughs> so this is Bill's Bill's drawing. Oh, okay. I don't I don't I don't see the spindly legs. <laughs> Where are the spindly legs? I don't know. They're very thin and wiry. It has a really strong brow bone going on in this photo. Oh, in this drawing. Yeah, it does. It has a nice brow. Brow line. Yeah, it sort of has, like, frog hands. and They're froggy looking, yeah. Yeah. But that's, like, it says, like, the long fingers and toes. Yeah. So then... Now I understand how it could, like, encompass, like, a rock. Right. So then here is... Apparently I didn't save um, John's drawing. Let me just pull it up really quick. I thought I did save it. Um, it's right here, but this one's really blurry. Here you go. This is John's drawing. 
That's a weird head. They're really similar pictures, though. Why is it holding the tree like that? Um, it just. How are these people so <laughs> artistic? Are you ready for Abby's? Is she not as artistic? She's does not as make, artistic. Does it make me feel better about my drawing? It, it might. Okay. It, it definitely <laughs> will. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a corgi <laughs> without the ears it's pretty much what it is it really does and no tail like at all like not even a stumpy tail yep but yeah so that's what they saw this corgi yep that corgi <laughs> i like mine better yours is cute we'll post it mine's a stick figure version of it yeah he's cute here i'll draw like a real i'll Keep going. Okay. So, all the sightings were reported to the police. There was a few investigators that worked on, like, figuring out what it was. I'm pretty sure most of these investigators kind of were investigating, like, the paranormal side of it. But I'm not, like, 100% positive because it just listed names. So, it said there was investigators Laura, Lauren Coleman, Walter Webb, Joseph Nyman, and Ed Fogg. They were all unanimously impressed by the witnesses, especially Bill Bartlett and Abby Bramham. I don't know how to spell Abby's name. Abby. Yep. So the Dover police chief, Carl Sheridan, went so far to describe Bartlett as an outstanding artist with a, and a reliable witness. Yeah, I can get that. Um. Parents, teachers, and other community members came out to support the teenagers and generally agreed that they, they were ordinary kids who had witnessed something extraordinary. So, like, the community really, they were like, we saw this fucked up thing. We don't know what it is. It's kind of like a weird corgi frog monkey thing. With salad fingers? With salad fingers. Because I was just drawing my drawing and I realized that it looks like it has salad fingers. Oh, my God. I... Love it. <laughs> Salad fingers is so creepy. It is. It's coming back, supposedly. I never read any of the articles, though, but... Really? Yeah. So, they all, like, came out and were, like, supporting these kids. Like, they're like, this happened to them. Yeah. So, Bill remains shaken about the experience even, like, years later. He says, in a lot of ways, it's kind of embarrassing to me. I definitely saw something. It was definitely weird. I didn't make it up. Sometimes I wish I had. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of theories. All right. Of I'm what right. it could be. Yeah. And some of them are funny. Okay. The most widely accepted theory proposed by skeptics. Are you ready? Not really. Okay. This theory is that the Dover demon was actually a baby moose. <laughs> Do baby moose not have antlers yet? No, they don't. No. I could They have see ears it. though. They do have ears. So that could be like all up in there in their business. So people disagree with this theory um because it would be the wrong time of year for a moose that small to be wandering around. Is there moose in Mass? Also, <laughs> that Massachusetts is not typically a moose's natural habitat. Okay. That's a a theory. Okay. Other skeptics suggest that the Dover Demon could actually be an orange-furred orphan calf. Doesn't describe the salad fingers, though. No, or the spindly... Legs. Legs. I still don't see spindly legs in the photos. 
Other non-supernatural explanations have included the creature being an escaped baby monkey, a dog, or a fox with mange. Oh, okay. So, many creature, like many investigators, don't believe that the creature is something mundane. Oh, so paranormally type people don't believe that it's something as mundane as a animal. Okay. And Bartlett also denies that the creature could be anything animal. And he's been quoted as saying, This definitely wasn't a fox or animal. It was some kind of creature with long, thin fingers. The thing was more human in its form than animal. I've always tried to guess what it was. I've never had any idea. I wasn't trying to be funny. People who know me know I didn't make this up. So, Lauren Coleman is a cryptozoologist who led the investigation on the Dover Demon sightings. And he was the one who coined the name Dover Demon. Okay. He's claimed that the area in which the sightings occurred has a tradition of unexplained activity. So sort of like maybe a vortex? That's a possibility, I think. Okay. Like there's been other weird things that have happened there. I didn't put them all in here because I just wanted to focus on the this demon. specific creature. The demon. So he says that... These sightings of, oh, some of the unexplained sighting. I put one because I thought it was interesting. Okay. Included, it includes a sighting of the devil himself on horseback. What? Yeah. So, like, the goat-faced devil riding the, a horse? Just, you know, the devil on horse. Just down the road. Clippity-clopping away. Living his life. Just Being wanted to go devil. for a ride on his horse. The Jersey Devil traveled all that way. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So there has been claims in that area from at least the 17th century. Farm Street, the location of Bill's sighting, has been associated with strange occurrences. And the Dover Demon was spotted... Um, because Coleman said because the Dover Demon was spotted in this specific area, it makes it a slightly less outrageous claim. And Coleman has been quoted as saying... I'm most definitely secure in saying I don't know what this is. Okay. So he's like, I don't know, man, but it's not a dog or a moose. It is definitely not a moose. Other theories suggest that the Dover Demon was a mutilated animal or an escaped experiment, though it's unclear and it's never expanded upon where the animal or mutilate or experiment escaped from. Yeah. Um, of course, there are also theories that the Dover Demon could be an alien, due to the fact that it looks like an alien. Yep. Um, however, so they usually describe it as looking similar to, like, the gray aliens. Um, however, there were no reported UFO sightings in that area, so some think that the alien theory holds less potential. Okay. And then, um... A lot, some people think it was just a hoax. Um, most investigators, however, consider the teenagers like really credible witnesses and that they actually saw something. So when talking about the Dover demon, one of the investigators, Webb, wrote in his report, like, so he was talking about like what it could be. And he wrote, nor does it fit the known patterns of ghost fairies or UFO, UFO knots. Okay. So they, like, don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Aliens. Um, Webb also wrote that the Dover Demon is a true enigma, an, an, an animate abnormality 
that intersected the lives of four credible young people that lonely weekend in April 1977. So it only occurred that one weekend. It only occurred then. No one knows what the Dover Demon actually was, and there hasn't really been credible sightings since that night. People have made sightings, but they haven't been credible sightings like these were. But whatever the creature was, the Dover Demon has been in pop culture a bit. There are video games and figurines of the alien-like creature, and there's some in Japan. Like, that's a thing in Japan, too, apparently. What do you mean, uh, in Japan? Like, they have video games and, like, figures of the creature, the Dover Demon, like, as far as Japan. Okay. Yeah, Japan likes that shit. So, this is the last story. This is kind of, like, how I wanted to tie it in and end on. Okay. Make you think a little. All right. So, this happened in 1972, five years before the Dover Demon sighting. Okay. Mark Sennett swore he saw a creature in the woods, something with glowing eyes, when he had turned his headlights to it. He said, we saw a small figure deep in the woods moving at the edge of a pond. We could see it moving in the headlights. Creepy. So, Because it's reflecting its disco head. Yeah. Mark Sennett didn't. You know, he said he didn't know what the creature was and admit it could have been some sort of animal. But also, I think that ties back into how earlier I mentioned, like, all the sightings have taken place near water. Yeah. So, that is kind of the the quick... Oh my god, maybe there's a portal in the water. Ooh! That's to an alien planet. Ooh. And the aliens like to travel here on vacation. They just like to visit. It's a vacation portal. Sneak out, vacation, scare some kids. I like a vacation portal. That sounds yeah. cute. Yeah, but that's the Dover Demon. It's um mostly cited, like, those three sightings were the most credible, but I think it's just such an interesting, like, story. Yeah. It actually, look at me. I didn't go as short as I thought I would. Yeah. Three, three pages. That's all my story was. That's good. <laughs> you do write your stories differently than I do. Mine is all bullets. Yeah, I write it in like paragraphs. Yeah, but but yeah, that was my that was my stuff. No one will know. The world may never know. We might until we find out it was really a baby moose with long, weird fingers. Even though moose don't have fingers, it was salad fingers the entire time. It could have been. It could have been it salad could've... fingers. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. He's not orange. No. His head's not that big, but maybe that's why we haven't seen him for a while. Maybe he got mutilated, and now he has a bigger head. Got stung by a few bees. (laughs) Sure. It's swollen now. But yeah, that's everything. I think think that's everything. I think that's it, too. Let's, Let's outro. All right, outro. It is, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. I haven't done this in a really long time, but I'm pretty sure you can still find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Pretty sure you can. Yeah. And you can also find us on social media that we don't update. We're terrible at social media. Why we decided to start a podcast is unknown. Yeah. Someone was impressed that we had business cards. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. You, you can follow so- us on Twitter at the MFCast, Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast. And you can email us your stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. We haven't checked it in a really long time, so we don't know if there's stories there. I actually checked it the other day. We have someone who asked who sent us a promo. 
Oh, via email? Yeah, like a promo swap. I have that. Don't worry, I'll do it. Okay. Um, maybe not this week. But you send maybe us not next just week. send us any stories. I'm just send gonna... us something that you think we would enjoy. I still want paranormal stories. I want paranormal stories. But send us like weird mm-hmm. weird stories. Yeah. Tell us about your dragon. Yeah, maybe you have a pet dragon. It's not a pet dragon. It's no. a spiritual dragon. Ooh. It's a spiritual dragon. Yeah. Did he have to train it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, send us our story. So Tell we us find about out. your element. What element are you? Hmm. Earth. You are earth. Very, I'm water. Very earth. I'm, I'm water. I just really love trees. Okay, you can also find us on <laughs> facebook.com slash Podcast. And we like to give a special thank you to Jenna, who did our art. You can find her on Etsy and Instagram at Agenda. That is Agenda. Like, duh. Duh. Like, She's duh. posting some really cute shit lately. I know. Like, go to her Instagram. Go follow her. It's so good. Yeah. And then she has also on her Etsy store these cute little cat notebooks. Oh, my God. Her notebooks are adorable. Yeah. So, like, buy her notebooks. Look at her art. She also has stickers. If you're a sticker person. And that's it. Thank you to our listeners. No. Cameron. We forgot Cameron. Cameron Devin. Thanks, Cameron. You know what you do. Thanks, Devin. Thanks, listeners. You're great. We're sorry we let you down so much. We're pathetic. We suck. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, wait, don't tempt fate. Oh, don't tempt fate and uh, buy livestock. Don't eat your friends. Don't eat your friends. We have so many sign-offs now. I love it. (laughs) Goodbye.